Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Thanks for joining us for today's roundtable session. I'm your host, Rob Anderson. We're joined by a handful of accomplished experts in the legacy modernization space. First, Tim Jones, Managing Director of Application Modernization at Advanced. Scott Spiro, Worldwide Director and Specialist of Mainframe Transformation at Microsoft. John Regan, Head of European Sales Engineering at Advanced. And Barry Wardell, Worldwide Mainframe Modernization Strategist at Microsoft. Microsoft and Advanced have had a rich history of success in the legacy modernization space that's dated back decades. Uh, as a gold partner, Advanced offers an unmatched breadth of solutions and depth of expertise that ensures successful modernization to Microsoft Azure. And this has never been more important. Since the outbreak of the pandemic, the pace of legacy modernization has increased at a staggering rate, and we've seen quite a bit of change in the space from our perspective. Um, Tim, let's start with you. How does this partnership benefit companies looking to modernize, particularly in the situation that we're looking at today? Well, um, thanks, Rob. And uh, I mean, that's a really good question. I guess um, let's start by saying that at Advanced, we've been helping organizations to modernize for, gosh, more than 35 years at this point. So we've got a huge amount of experience in taking people's legacy or heritage applications, and if you like, making them current and relevant in a modern IT landscape. Uh, and we all know the significant benefits in moving from a mainframe monolithic application to a, to a modern language and architecture that then sits in the cloud, as you rightly say, you know, that's accelerated following what we've just been through with the pandemic. So you've got the obvious things like cost reduction, addressing the skill shortage, platform consolidation, but of course, you've then got the benefits now of adopting cloud in terms of being able to really scale that out for the future. And I know, of course, that's a key topic for us today. But from my point of view, I, I guess I'd say the biggest consideration that organizations have going into a, a large modernization program is the perceived risk of getting from where they are now to cloud in the first place. And I guess that if it was a simple task, it would be a, it'd be a no-brainer everybody would have done it two, three, four, five years ago. But I guess the reality is that these mainframe applications sit at the heart of an organization's business, be that private sector in a commercial context or whether it's public sector, perhaps providing benefits payments to citizens or healthcare, I guess, to, to real individuals, real people. And it's got to be recognized that the systems that we move are both big and complex. They've typically been in place for 20, 30, even 40 years. And organizations need to know that when they start this program of modernization, all of those aspects and complexities need to be covered. And most importantly, all the risks mitigated. So for me, um, probably the biggest consideration for any CIO about to embark on a project like this um, is that level of risk and managing that risk um, to really ensure a safe and predictable outcome. And so at Advanced, we've successfully completed more than 500 large-scale modernization projects to this point. And of course, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft has been a long-time strategic partner of ours, uh, partnerships spanning many years. And of course, Microsoft are the platform holders, both in terms of the cloud platform, but the technologies that we move people to as they move off of that mainframe estate. Um, 
so I guess to, together in terms of this partnership, it's really providing this single solution um, to really manage and mitigate the risk that a customer might perceive. Um, so I guess to summary, and I guess, Rob, that's probably been a, a long answer, um, but I guess this partnership really provides, and it might sound cliche, but a safe pair of hands where we've got a long track record of working together, having completed many modernization projects uh, together before. Very well said. Safe pair of hands indeed. Um, according to the 2021 Mainframe Modernization Business Barometer Report, which is a survey and report that we publish every year, 78% of the respondents have started at least one modernization initiative in the past 12 months. And of those, 83 are looking to cloud environments such as Azure as their preferred modernization targets. This is a huge subject throughout IT and business in general, but particularly in the mainframe space. Um, Barry, why are these organizations choosing Microsoft Azure? Yeah, thanks for the question, Rob. Uh, it's a great one. I believe our customers are looking beyond just the, the qualities of Azure and they're looking at the, the fuller depth and breadth of the Microsoft portfolio um, as they make their decision. And if you think about it, it makes sense. You have the, the Microsoft Azure Cloud, which of course most people are familiar with, but you also have the Dynamics D365 Cloud for business applications. You have Microsoft 365 for collaboration. You have the, the maturing industry clouds as well. And so when you combine all of these capabilities, it really it represents a, a very robust uh, set of, of, of tools and platforms uh, that help our customers uh, in, uh, throughout uh, any path that they choose as they go through their modernization, whether that be full greenfield path, new uh, business logic, or uh, maybe it's a simpler, faster path and it's a migrate and modernize. But specific to mainframe, I think that some of the qualities that our customers see or really our differentiators that our customers see are helping with that decision as well. So security and compliance is clearly a huge area. Microsoft has 90 plus security frameworks covering industries, localities, regions, et cetera. Uh, and that means a lot because we all know that security in the mainframe landscape is um, super critical. Uh, identity and access management is another reason why people uh, or buyers, customers are looking at Azure. Uh, identity and access management in, in, in Azure alone has got over 550 million accounts. And if you think about, if you combine that with what's on-prem still, it's a huge number. But more importantly, you've got a lot of maturity. You've got almost two decades or more of experience in terms of governance policies and controls that are um, enabled by um, Active Directory. And so as you think about the ability to modernize cloud apps, data, um, new apps, et cetera, uh, and the fact that you can wrap your known governance, your known controls, your known policies around those new services, that's really, really powerful. Uh, I mentioned, you know, dynamics and collaboration, those are really important, especially for those customers who want to think about reinventing uh, business process and building smarter integrations and creating better user experiences. And those are capabilities um, that Microsoft has as well. Uh, and then of course, hybrid cloud is, a, is, is another part that is a decision point for some customers wherein um, Microsoft can bring platforms uh, to the mainframe within a customer's data center uh, to support what could be an incremental modernization. And then as we do that, we're also 
bringing that Azure control plane to those data centers and we're providing the governance and security. And that is really, really powerful. Apps and data are very critical. You've got, uh, you know, decades of investment in database technologies like SQL uh, and other technologies that are becoming popular targets for mainframe. And then, of course, uh, you know, very robust app development, like with Visual Studio, C Sharp, et cetera. Um, all of these things, um, I believe, combined with the, the entirety of the Microsoft uh, portfolio, really is the uh, is driving decisions for many of our customers. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap this point by saying that um, it's partners like like the advanced team, like you, who make all of these things possible. And without the partners, none of this would happen. And Microsoft takes uh, a, you know a really um, good open and neutral approach as we work with partners we we want to deliver unbiased guidance that is uh, going to result in the best possible outcome for our customers um, and so the the great partner network that we have allows us to do that great thanks barry you, you mentioned the platform options that a lot of folks that are looking at modernizations have and i know for for new entrants into the mainframe and legacy modernization world they they come across this cognitive dissonance. Um, Scott, a question for you. Uh, on the one hand, we have this modernization with infrastructure transformation as a top priority for many. And on the other hand, we also see major investments taking place to support mainframes in the ecosystems that they're in. Can you help us understand this duality and why it exists? Sure, Rob, thanks. So this is, it's very dependent upon a customer's organization and the modernizations, whether it's the infrastructure, whether it's the mainframe and the ecosystem that surrounds it, it's really driven by the business case. Uh, and it's very dependent upon the customer requirements. You know, these, the modernizations that we see take place, they can be a short-term modernization due to contractual uh, obligations and avoidance. Uh, they could be three to five-year modernizations. And this is specifically around the mainframe environment. It's really a question of, uh, you know, what are the requirements? Do we need to integrate with the mainframe? Do we need to extend it? Or do we need to modernize it? Uh, you know, in some cases, a, uh, an example of extending is taking the information on the mainframe, the data, and extending that into Azure and utilizing that within a uh, uh, BI or analytics uh, capacity. So it's very, again, it's very dependent upon the business requirements of the customer, and that's what drives our conversations. Well said, thank you. Um, Barry, back to you real quick. Uh, when, when you speak with companies that are looking to modernize, um, how, how complete is their vision of the target environment? Do you see them wrestling with this question? And when do you think the choice of cloud provider happens? That's a really important conversation as well. Yeah, so in, in terms of, of you know, the, the vision for what, you know, what the end vision looks like, it's certainly mixed those shops that uh, perhaps have a more mature uh, strategic alignment between their business and technology, I think that there's generally uh, a good vision of what that outcome, what that landing would look like. And then there are other customers who you know, entirely appreciate the, the, the complexity, the, the absolute necessity of the mainframe to their business, but don't necessarily 
understand how it works. Uh, and in those cases, um, that vision might be incomplete and, and the customer you know, generally would need some help. Uh, in terms of cloud selection, you know, that's also mixed too. For those more mature shops that have, that are well on their way with Cloud Journey, you know, a lot of times they've made their decision. They um, they might be uh, reviewing multi-cloud options and and uh, you know, an additional hybrid cloud options and edge scenarios and things like that. Um, but it, you know, for those those shops that are down the path of Cloud Journey, they're fairly well informed of of what the cloud capabilities are today. Uh, for those customers who have not, who you know, maybe they have uh, experimented or still have, uh, still experimenting with cloud. Um, you know, our, our approach is uh, we we like the opportunity to share with those customers uh, what the capabilities are in the Microsoft cloud, right, and allow the customer to make that informed decision. But again, at the end of the day, uh, that vision, that landing, um, and and even the selection of the cloud platform is mixed for our customers. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. And and from my perspective, it seems as though by the time we enter into the conversation, um, that decision tends to be made. Uh, John, similar question, what's the primary driver that you're seeing regarding choice of cloud provider when you cross the customer's paths? I know that you know because of our role in modernizations, we tend to be a little bit further down the pathway when those conversations happen. Okay, yeah, thanks, uh, Rob. Um, yeah, I'd echo a lot of what Barry said there, really. It does depend where people are in their journey to the cloud, um, to, to their decision-making process. Um, I'd say that most most customers favour some kind of multi-cloud um, um, kind of approach, um, not put all their eggs in one basket. And I think, as Barry mentioned earlier, one of the key things for people is security. You know, when you're putting your apps out there in the cloud, the security of that cloud and you know, that your confidence in its ability to be secure is, is of paramount concern, really. Um, and obviously that's where Microsoft scores very highly. Um, I think being being business focused as well, so being business application focused is a big, uh, big important factor. Great, thanks. Speaking of generally migrating to the cloud, um, moving workloads from the mainframe to the cloud um, was a bit of a late bloomer in the history and, and rise and dominance of the cloud. Um, in other words, it's, it's taken companies a lot longer to trust their business critical systems to their cloud providers. Um, Scott, what do you, why do you think that is and, and what do you believe finally tipped the scales? We've really seen a shift in the past 12 to 18 months. I would agree, Rob, and actually it might have started probably two years ago, uh, when we first, two to two and a half years ago, when we first started to see the transition. And the reason being is that the mainframe is, that's the, the core systems, that's the your core banking systems, your logistics, your merchandising and warehouse. Uh, this is the, the system of record. And so until customers became comfortable with the cloud for other workloads, they were not going to move their, their core systems to the cloud. Uh, as Barry mentioned, we have over 90 certifications and attestations worldwide uh, across geos and across industries. And it's taken time for, for customers to become comfortable with the cloud as a, as a target. Um, it's something that we're seeing more and more customers for their mission critical applications, uh, it's becoming a cloud first strategy. 
for new development, but also for legacy applications, rather than moving it to an on-prem or to a private cloud, now they're trusting uh, the public cloud for this. And it's given the fact that you can integrate with uh, the Azure control plane, you can integrate with Azure data services, and you can now start to take advantage of uh, the advanced services that Azure provides, that's really where the value of the customers are seeing uh, these migrations go. Um, the fact that you've got the core systems traditionally have been siloed, now they're exposed to a much greater ecosystem of applications, uh, both on internal, but also being able to expose that information uh, up and down the, for example, supply chain. This episode is brought to you by Advanced, a leading provider of application modernization services with unique expertise in the mainframe modernization market. Find out more at oneadvance.com forward slash mainframe. That makes sense, thanks. So many of our survey respondents in the mainframe modernization report from this past year indicated that cost reduction was a large motivator for cloud migration. Um, with many of them reporting up to 70% savings after their modernization project closes. Um, I, I think anyone who's ever dealt with business can understand that cost reduction is a major motivator. Um, but Barry, can you give us a sense of the size and scale of cost savings that someone can expect or at least wrap their head around when they're thinking of moving from the mainframe to Azure? Sure. So, uh... Like my earlier response, um, it, it, this is also an area of, of mixed results, but the, the good news here is that the results are very, very positive. So we see typically a range of 50 to 85% of cost savings. And those cost savings are going to be driven by the degree at which a customer tr desires to transform their landscape. So as an example, um, if a customer is running a large complex mainframe with critical business process and determines that they want to potentially reinvent or greenfield or create cloud native applications to recreate those business processes in the cloud um, that is um, that that is when these customers will achieve a much higher degree of savings in the long run and those are recurring savings right um, on the on the lower end which still roughly 50 percent uh, savings or reduction in operational expense, which is still very, very significant, especially when you're talking about millions of dollars, potentially a month in, in, in mainframe oriented services, um, still a big cost savings. And in those cases, the transformation might be more incremental. It could be uh, something like a, a, a migrate and modernize later. So migrate as is with no code changes. Uh, and, then, um, and then of course, as you move up the needle in terms of degree of transformation, code modernization into business logic changes, et cetera. So all the, the pattern that our customers select or patterns, I should say that our customers select for modernization, ultimately uh, move the needle in terms of the cost savings. But to wrap it up, it's typically 50 to 85%. Um, and then the great news again, is that when that transformation is complete, those are recurring sustainable cost savings. And those customers can uh, go and reinvest those savings in whatever they choose. Great, thank you for that. Scott, when it comes to legacy modernization and, and cost reduction, let's set that aside for a second. 
Um, what are some of the other go, no-go decision criteria for making the jump to modernize? And, and how has that evolved in the past, let's say, five years? So there's always, thank you for that. There are always the, the political uh, considerations. So organizational change and such, that's been a constant uh, over the past five years. With respect to the, uh, the pandemic and its influence, we've seen costs becoming more of a consideration. Uh, we've also seen staffing as, as rising. In the past, we've seen costs, staffing issues, agility, and other drivers as far as, as the modernization with respect to a go-no-go no decision. But with the, the changing demographics, uh, the, the looming skill shortage, we're seeing staffing is coming up in terms of prioritization of drivers. That makes sense. Uh, John, how about you? What are some of the more common pain points that you're seeing among modernization customers from your perspective? Have you seen a shift yeah. in those recently? Yeah, I think there has been a shift, uh, Rob. So up until maybe a couple of years ago, it was really all about the money. So legacy environments cost a lot of money to run and, and the upkeep and stuff. So um, people were really moving. They started the, on the modernization journey because of the money. And then once they understood what was possible, they might have other factors that were of interest. Um, yeah, but generally it all came back to the money again. Um, but in the last couple of years, other things have really come to the fore. So the skills, shortage of skills has really become a problem to people as the people with the skills in these legacy environments gradually you know, retire and disappear. It's suddenly becoming really much more urgent to do something about it. And the big thing that we've really noticed is it's really now becoming as much about risk as it is about money. So it's is the risk of not doing anything greater than the risk of, of doing a mod, of, of embarking on some modernization. So so really risk has become probably as big a factor as, as, as the financial uh, implications of modernizing that. That makes sense. Thanks, John. Uh, Tim, slightly different question. Um, have <laughs> you seen customer preferences around approach to modernization change or solidify in the recent past. I know that the team here has talked a lot about, um, you know, every customer's journey is going to be different, and there are often a combination of patterns that are being used. But but is there is there a trend that you've seen? Is there a preference that you've seen amongst uh, the customers that you've worked with as far as how they actually choose to move forward with their modernization? Yeah, I think um, I, I think there is, Rob. And of course, we know that modernisation is not a new thing. It's been going on for, for decades. And when we started in this business, we were moving people off um, the then legacy platforms, be it Bull or HP 3000 or Debbacks onto to something new, which was probably Unix back in the day. And then, of course, as, as time moved on, that was then Windows. So I think for a long time, we've been doing, to John's point, we've been doing lift and shift, which is predominantly driven by... Um, cost savings in moving from one platform to another. But then for sure, over time, um, we've seen, I mean, just going back five years, people moved away from that lift and shift, and they wanted more value out of that modernization program. So it wasn't just about the cost. Actually, we needed to change um, the legacy language from COBOL to C Sharp, for instance, uh, or from vSAM into SQL Server. So they get additional benefits and actually set that application up 
um, to enable it to be sustainable and maintainable as we go forward in, into the future. Um, but then it, again, with the advent of cloud, and, and as I think as probably Scott said or, or Barry said, it's really over the last couple of years that uh, it's become a reality. So in all of our conversations over the last three or four years, it's always been about um, we're going to move away from the mainframe. We're going to get ourselves onto a new platform that is then cloud ready. And we've you know, completed phase one on that journey. We've then got the option to move into cloud at a later date. Um, I think now that cloud has matured and people are accepted generally, you know, across all organizations and business, um, then people are far more likely and far more of our conversations are going all the way through uh, into cloud and, and really getting some of those additional benefits as well, not just cloud ready, but really getting into a cloud optimized state to allow people at a future date to move into cloud ready, uh, cloud native, sorry, and take advantage of containerization and, and all those other good things that come with cloud. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've definitely seen that shift. Great. And, and Scott, from, from your perspective, you know, I know we, we walk hand in hand along this journey, but oftentimes um, Microsoft's conversations with folks around their patterns and strategies happens a little earlier than advanced gets involved. Uh, how, what does this look like from your perspective? Has, has the preference to pattern changed in recent past? I would say yes. Uh, in the past, more often than not, customers would choose to go down the path of rehosting because of the the cost, the project timelines, uh, and skills uh, were not as much of an issue. Uh, in the past couple of years, though, we're seeing that shift, and more and more customers are choosing to to modernize, to refactor, to convert the code uh, to C Sharp or Java. Uh, to move to more of a, a microservices architecture because of the fact that they, in the past, rehosting allowed for COBOL to stay as COBOL. But with the, uh, again, with addressing the skills issue, that's not as much of a viable option anymore. And customers really want to take advantage of what the cloud has to offer. So we are seeing that shift. That makes perfect sense. Um, John, from a technologies perspective, setting the skills, skills shortage aside for a moment, uh, from a platforms, languages, and databases perspective, uh, are there any trends that you're seeing people migrate away from most, and why do you think that is? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously we can migrate people for all kinds of legacy, uh, legacy environments and legacy, legacy technologies, um, but, um, yeah, Broadcom have, uh, have really have really done a good job in recruiting people to, to modernise um, with some of their uh, pricing policies that they've introduced. So we've seen a big uh, a big a big increase in interest in migrating IDMS, CAG, and EasyTrieve, all of the, the the former CA now Broadcom products. Um, so that's a big trend, I think, across the whole industry. Um, so who knows if they'll roll back on some of that a bit if too many people migrate off their products or whether they'll just put the prices up even more. Who knows? But um, that's certainly a trend, a big trend at the moment. Good to know. Thanks, John. Barry, from Microsoft's perspective, have you seen a dominant language database or technical quandary drive modernizations more than others? Yeah, I have, but it's no surprise. I mean, the, the most popular use cases are COBOL and modernizing that into C-sharp or Java and DB2 into 
manage SQL on Azure. The, the, those are very, very common um, pattern, databases and languages. I mean, of course, you know, we encounter languages and this niche specialized requirements all across the spectrum. Um, I'll add here that uh, one of the things uh, that I'm seeing is, um, it, and going back to Scott's comment about, you know, rehosting and lifting and shifting. Yep, that, that, that's been a popular pattern. Yes, that still happens, will happen, of course. But um, I, as in terms of code modernization, um, as the technology around that improves, becomes more mature, the uh, testing automation uh, for the code modernization uh, improves. We're seeing more. We're, we're seeing uh, customers give that a harder look and leaning into our leaning towards a code modernization, um, where in the past they may not have looked uh, at that as hard. Uh, and then one other comment that um, we're seeing, uh, certainly seeing more of uh, in terms of patterns really is an extend approach. And I think that that is um, becoming a, a viable a viable option for many customers, especially to use that extend approach as part of an incremental modernization journey. Interesting, thanks for that. Um, one of the questions that came in, I think is is really interesting. And, and I think we as as people who spend a lot of time in the modernization industry take for granted uh, is visibility and experience. And, and if someone is navigating the uncharted waters of mainframe modernization for the very first time, um, as experts in the space, what advice could you provide to the uninitiated? Tim, let's start with you. Okay, well, thanks for letting me go first uh, on, on that one then, Rob. Um, I, I mean, you're right, you know, lots of organizations for all the reasons that we've talked about have reached the point where they've decided that they, they want to move away from the mainframe, they want to move platforms, uh, move themselves into cloud as part of their cloud-first strategy. But very few people in, in organizations have actually done something like this before. So they're experts in their business. They're not experts in modernization and, and migration. And so I guess that's, that's where we come in. Um, so I would say uh, talk to the experts who have, have done this before, really. And um, it's not all about um, one size fits all. So we can work with people on disposition strategies to look at the options. So is conversion refactor the right thing to do? Is it rehost? Is it retire? Is it rewrite? Or a combination of those things. Um, but I think, yeah, speak to people who've done it before, got the experience, seen the, the, the blockers and the way to overcome those sorts of things. And um, both ourselves at Advanced Lab Microsoft can, uh, can help people with that. Great, thanks, Tim. Barry, how about from your perspective? What would you say to the uninitiated? Yeah, I would say focus on the business priorities, focus on the expected outcomes. Uh, and then once there's clarity around those expected outcomes and strategy forms, lean in with a partner, a partner who's been there and done that. That's really, really important because for the uninitiated, this is complex uh, and it can be a bit scary. So um, start you know, with the strategy and then lean into partners. Um, you know, partners, um, you know, we've, we've seen just about every situation, all of us. Uh, so take advantage of that experience. Great, thanks. John, how about you? Yeah, I'd echo the trusted advisor. So find someone um, that you trust to, to act as the advisor to help you on your journey. I definitely consider talking to other companies 
and they don't have to be similar companies to you, any companies, but companies with those technology that are trying to modernize because you'll find even though just like every person, every company is different and they've all got something different about their technology stack and their technology environment, there's a lot of commonality between modernization journeys. So if you talk to like other companies, you will learn a lot about what has and hasn't worked for them and, and how to move forward successfully. That's great advice, thanks. And last but certainly not least, Scott, how do you feel? What well, would you say to the uninitiated? So uh, I would echo all of the other answers that have been provided. We've been doing this at Microsoft for since um, 2009. And so we've seen a lot, of, a lot of environments, a lot of strategies, a lot of businesses across vertical industries. And so with that expertise, what we do is look to see where a customer is today, where do they want to be in one, three, and five years, both from a business perspective, as well as from a technology perspective. And this is where we come in and act as trusted advisors to provide guidance on that journey, because it is a journey. And really it's about what are you trying to achieve and what is the art of the possible? So if you're looking to move to a microservices architecture, a containerized environment, we can provide guidance along that. And every customer may share a similar path. Customers may have multiple paths, depending on the line of business, depending on the requirements. So that's where I echo everyone else. It's, it's about the requirements that's driving it and talk to, the, to your trusted advisors and talk to customers that have been on, on this journey. Great advice, guys. Thank you. Now, I know we're running a couple of minutes over our allotted time. Um, a, a few comments to close things out. First of all, thank you to our panelists today for, for getting involved. Um, second, for those of you who are watching and or listening, um, we would deeply suggest investigating the companies that you plan to partner with. Look for demonstrated success. Look for those those uh, um, proofs of success and experience because it really is that trusted partner component that is gonna reduce the risk and, and keep things on track because these are incredibly complicated projects. If they weren't, our industry wouldn't exist and we wouldn't all be sitting here having this conversation. Thanks again, everyone for joining. Have a wonderful rest of your day.